Y'all are so sweet. Y'all look awesome today. Hey, before you're seated, will you turn around to somebody and tell them that they look amazing? And then you may be seated. So as Greg mentioned, Pastor Trey and Pastor Carrier are out. And I'm super excited for them. I know they're going to have an amazing time in Australia. I got to visit there a couple of years ago, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, but, you know, I'm super grateful for Pastor Trey and Pastor Carrie um, for a lot of reasons. But about 10 years ago, when God laid it on their heart to plant the Exchange Church, it was really, really a huge part of their vision to invest in, in young people, children, teens. And so we see that week in and week out through our children's ministry, through our youth ministry. And we actually, a lot of us just got back this week from church camp. Let's give it up for church camp. Woo! If you see the leaders looking like this, that's why, because the older we get, the harder it is to recover from no sleep. And so we have a wonderful time, but it really is exhausting. Um, and so I thought it'd be fun just to share a few things you know, a few of the highlights from camp. And so since you parents weren't there, you could feel like you were a small part of it, you know? Um, so Leander actually was running around with uh, writing a notepad, writing down quotes. And so I have a few of those today. For those of you who don't know, we do team competitions. And so we have eight different colors. So everybody's all decked out in their colors for team spirit. And they have a flag that's their color. And they have to guard the flag. If another team steals their flag, they lose points. And that's a big deal. Okay? So they're running around with their flags. And we have one of the kids ask us, can I please take a shower with my flag? No, you're taking this a little too seriously. You can't take a shower with your flag. We, at lunch, we had an elementary student. Um, I think she's second grade. I don't see her mom. I think she's second grade, but she was sitting there, and we're having a conversation, and she goes, I'm actually way more adultish than my parents, <laughs> which is just hilarious with who it's coming from. So, um, and then we have this time where we hide chickens all over. There are three chickens, Lucy, Wanda, and Jeff. They're worth like millions of points because, you know, the kids love it. And so we hide them all over the place. It gets progressively harder every day. And so one of the days, the kids were having a little bit of a hard time finding the chicken. And one of the students said, how am I supposed to find a chicken when I can't even find the peanut butter in my pantry? Yep. I'm pretty sure that goes for a lot of men in the house, right? Women, could I, can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah. My boys, I'll send them to find something and I'll tell them exactly where it's at. And they'll come back and they're like, it's not there. Did you check? I'm telling you, it's not there. So I'll go back and guess what? It's right where I said it was. I have a feeling I'm not the only, the only one. Um, a couple of other things. So we were playing some games for team competitions. We had musical chairs. So there's like 70-something chairs is what we started out with. And then we whittle it down and whittle it down, start moving chairs out. So we're down to about six people. Now, you have to know that by about the third or fourth round, most of the elementary students were out because the youth took this game very seriously, and they took off running for the chairs. So the poor elementary students were, were not quite fast enough to compete at this point, right? So we get down to the last three chairs. There's three chairs. We have about six or seven le um, teens around them, right? Well, up comes marching this elementary student right up to the middle, and she stands there, and we're all thinking, I think she was out already. Was she out? I think she was out. And so Dana's like, honey, are you, are you, you're, you're still in the game? And she's like, yeah. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, no, she was just standing next to me. I know that she was out a long time ago. What is she doing? So Dana didn't want her to get hurt because, as I said, the teens were getting very vicious with this game. And so Dana's like, why don't you come up here and help me? So she comes up the steps, and Miss Dana says, start the music. So we start the music, and she leans over and says, honey, I'm pretty sure you were out a few rounds ago. What made you want to come up and be a part of the game now? And she's like, well... It was all big kids. There were no little kids represented, and I needed to represent them. It was so funny. I mean, the same little girl at lunch the next day, David Dynan is massaging his mom's shoulders to try to win brownie points for his team. And the same little girl is sitting across the table from me, and I'm like, are you okay? And she just has this look of just irritation on her face. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, I'm going to earn points the right way by winning. She was so upset that he was trying to bribe his mama with a shoulder massage. So I told her mom, she has a heart of justice. She is going to do great things someday. <laughs> it was awesome. But you know, camp for me growing up, I, it was so important in my life. I actually started going to camp at, I think I was about 12 when I started going and I remember year after year, like, that was the highlight of my year. If I could just get to camp, you know, all the kids were like, if we could just get to camp, it was so amazing. And it really gave us fuel for the rest of the summer, heading into the new year. And um, for me, I didn't stop going to camp. Obviously, I'm in my 40s, and I'm still going to camp because I believe in it that much. But kind of what camp did for me as a student, it really just gave me confidence in who I was in Christ. I think as teenagers, we have so much pressure to please people. We have so much pressure to, to act a certain way or to do certain things. And it gave me confidence to stand for who I am. I didn't feel pressured to give in or to be like somebody else. And so that serves me well on days like today <laughs> when I have to get up and speak in front of people and my mind could really play lots of tricks on me like, I want but I can put that aside easily and say, I don't care because I, I live for an audience of one and everything I do, I do for Jesus. And he's the only one I'm trying to please. So that's kind of what I took away from camp. And um, it was when I was probably, I was in my 20s, somewhere between 23 to 27. <laughs> I know that's a broad range, but um, I was, I was, we were in a Southern gospel band and I played keys like Chad over there. And um, I was just I would be frozen behind the keyboard. It was all I could do to talk. I mean, sing. I, I, to, to talk would have been like unheard of because I was so nervous. Um, and I went to a revival in Florida at some point and I saw a keyboardist up on, the, on his keyboard and he had such freedom. Like, I mean, dancing while he's playing, he's dancing behind the keyboard. And I thought, God, I want that kind of freedom. I want that kind of freedom where I'm not afraid. Like I had come a long way in what people thought of me, but it was just, I, I think it was just myself. Like I had myself locked up into, if you jump behind the keyboard, people are gonna think you're weird. And so um, I come back and never, never stopped thinking about it. I, I really didn't. And so I was at camp one year leading worship and I heard the Lord say, ask everybody to do something they've never done before. And so you've heard the phrase, to do something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done, right? Well, I knew exactly what he was challenging me to do because that had been on my mind the entire time. And so I told the kids, I said, hey, guys, I just want to encourage you. Let's, let's do something we've never done before. If you've never lifted your hand in worship, 
then lift your hand. If you've never like jumped up and down, jump up and down. If you've never danced in the spirit, then dance in the spirit. And so um, we start the song and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even seconds. And I started jumping up and down because it was the only thing I knew to do. So I'm jumping up and down behind the keyboard and before long I was spinning circles and left the keyboard completely and was just all over the place, lost in worship. And it was in that moment, God brought such freedom to me and I have never been the same ever since then. I've never been the same. So I know how impactful camp is for students and that's why I still think it's such a priority. Um, even as leaders for us to go because God doesn't just touch the kids, he touches the leaders as well. So this year at camp, we actually, our theme was purposed and we really wanted the students to walk away knowing that God has incredible plans for your life, right? We say that all the time. It's like so cliche, God has great plans for you. God has big things for you. Oh, just hold on, wait till you see what God's got up his sleeve. Um, but really we wanted them to have something awakened in their hearts because the same way God awakened me to that freedom that I saw and I wanted is the kind of awakening we wanted in their hearts where they are so relentlessly in pursuit of what God has for them that they never stop chasing it. They never stop thinking about it. And it keeps them on the path of doing what they need to do because on that path is all part of their purpose, right? Purpose isn't a destination. It's a journey. So God can use me here. He can use me here. He can use me there until I find and I will never find my entire purpose until I meet him face to face, right? Like that is why we, that is why we live, to serve him and to love him. So this morning, I'm reading out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. You guys can read along. It says, every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Look at somebody and say, I wanna be perfectly prepared for my purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, God. I thank you for the opportunity, God, to stand on this platform and to deliver the word that you've put on my heart. God, I just pray that our hearts would be open to receive, that our ears would be open to receive, God. And Father, that you would just anoint my lips, Father, speak through me this morning. And I thank you that you are so good to us. God, your mercies are never ending and your love for us is never failing. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today I wanna to talk about being perfectly prepared for our God-designed purposes. So when we talk about preparation, a lot of times in preparation, we have really, really high points, right? Where we work really hard and we, we do something and then we're like, yeah. But then sometimes we have lower points where we're learning, where we're growing, where we're changing. And a lot of times we have correction, right? That we have to go through in order to get better. We don't know what we don't know. And so as we come across those things that we have to learn about, then we find that God puts people in our life to help hold us accountable, to help train us, to help teach us, just like a baseball coach who's teaching his players, God does the same with us. And so um, it's super important 
that we always remain teachable, right? That we allow that correction to come in and transform our hearts. And so I think probably a lot of us have stories of correction as children, but uh, I have one that really stands out. It's one that I'll never forget. And so it was my grandmother. Now, I don't think you kids today know what weapons were, like we knew what weapons were back then. Um, so I was probably six or seven years old. I, I was little still. And my parents had dropped me off with my grandma and grandpa, who I loved so much. My grandma had sent grandpa to the store for an errand, and I really, really, really wanted to go because I had this really bad habit of thinking I needed something every time we walked in the store. Like my mom tells stories of me saying, please just give me a pencil. I just want a pencil. Give me a pencil. I mean, anything. I just wanted something to say that I got something. That is the definition of spoiled, okay? I think we can all uh, admit that. I'm, I certainly can, um, looking back on it. But I really want to go to the store with my grandpa. So uh, grandma said no, and I didn't take that very well. So I walk out the door, and I'm sending my grandpa off, and I'm waving, bye, grandpa, I'll see you when you get home. And he pulls out of the driveway, and I may or may not thought it was a good idea to go hide behind the bushes to teach my grandma a lesson that when Sherry wants to go with grandpa, she should get to go with grandpa. And so, yes, I did. I went and hid behind the bushes behind the corner of my grandma's house. I, I thought it'd be fun, right? I didn't really think this through, guys, clearly. I was six. Um, but I'm behind the bushes, and I hear my grandma come out, and she's like, Sherry! Sherry! And I'm just sitting there smiling like, she's never going to find me. Sherry! Sherry, where are you? Every time her voice getting a little more frantic. Um, and so... I mean, she circles the house at least twice. It could have been more times. But at the point that I'm, I'm just really thinking I've got her good, she stops calling my name, and I get bored. So I decide it's time to walk in the house. Well, you know that, that line between pushing the limit and then crossing the line? I crossed the line because she was on the phone with 911, ready to report a missing child, and she was angry. More than anything, she was scared. And you know when you make mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever scared, that's like the worst kind of whipping that you get because they need to make sure you never, ever scare them again. And so she made me go out and pick my switch off the tree. Has anybody ever had to do that? Go pick your weapon of choice. And so you think you're doing good, getting the little ones right. But no, those hurt the worst. So she gave me a whipping I will never, ever forget. However, I can say this, it did work. I never made that mistake again, right? So I think we can all agree correction is never fun, but it is always beneficial. We learn from it if we're willing, and some people have more stubborn spirits than others, but if we're willing, we, we will eventually learn what we need to learn, and we will be better for it. So... I think this morning, I want to first talk about the fact that God's word is God-breathed. Scripture is God-breathed, right? So we see in this verse that it says, every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. The word inspired in Greek is actually theonoustos, which quite literally means God-breathed. In other words, all scripture is breathed into by God. 
So the same power that spoke light and there was light. The same power that spoke waters and there was waters on the earth. The same breath that God used to create is the, wor- the same power that he's, he's got in his word, amen? So it carries with it his power and his authority. One verse that really sums this up is Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, where it says, just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. So there is power in his words. So we can choose to speak our own words. I, I can choose to speak sherry-breathed words, which hold no power. You can choose to speak your words, which hold no power outside of Jesus Christ, right? We can choose those words, but those words are conditioned by our human mind. And so it's, it's not the same as relying on the words that God has spoken. And so it's so important that we read the word and we hear the word and we let the word come alive in us because that's what transforms our hearts to make us more like him, right? So number two, scripture empowers us. I looked up the definition for empower. There's a couple of definitions. The first one is to give someone the authority or power to do something. So Pastor Trey, this is his body of believers, his, 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 I can't talk, his and Pastor Carrie's church, he's giving me the authority to come stand on this platform and deliver a word while he's out, right? Number two, to make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. We see this all over the place. There are examples of this left and right, um, of us empowering people to, to walk in what they deserve to walk in, Right? So the word empowers us through instruction and correction. The only way we can grow in godliness is by studying and applying his word to our life. Did you know that wisdom is mentioned 234 times in the Bible? And I'm sure that all of us at some point or another has either had someone ask us for advice or we've asked for someone's advice. And sometimes... It's great advice, and sometimes it's not so great advice, right? Um, Proverbs 15, 22 says, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, that's plural, they are established. So we can go through life thinking we know it all, thinking we have all the answers, and our purposes can be disappointed, You've heard the phrase, a leader is only as strong as the people he surrounds himself with. Well, that's what we have to do because it's so important that we have people around us that can speak into our situations. I don't have the answers to everything and I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't need to have all the answers, but I'm gonna make darn sure that the people I bring alongside me are equipped with the word because in the moments where I'm weak, I need people lifting me up and speaking life into me, right? So we have to surround ourselves, and it's so important to not only have a multitude of counselors, but to remember that God has given us every answer we need right here, right? Sometimes it's a little harder to find. Some things are black and white, and some things are not. We have to do a little more digging, and we have to pray to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. But it's important that we start there. 
So let's just pretend that we go camping and, um, or what I like to do is glamping because I'm not quite the camping type girl. Um, the ground is really hard and it hurts my back. And I don't do much cooking at home, much less over a fire pit. I mean, it just doesn't seem very fun to me, but I know it's some people's thing and I know that you guys love it. So, um, but let's just say Ramona and Nolan were camping beside each other. Nolan would never do this because Nolan is Mr. Prepared, but let's say he forgets his frying pan. And I say, oh, Nolan, it's totally fine. I have a frying pan in my RV, which I don't have, but I will someday. I have a frying pan in my RV. Let me go get it for you. I can take it to Nolan and give it to him, and he can look at it and think that's nice. There's a frying pan. But if he doesn't use it, does it do any good? No, of course not. He has to actually put it into practice. He has to put it on the fire and utilize it for it to make a difference for him. God empowers us through his word, but if we don't actually apply it and utilize it, same thing. It's going to do us no good. I can guarantee you, though, if we rely on his word, that we will be able to endure all circumstances because point number three is that his scripture strengthens us. So let's consider our physical bodies for a minute. I um, made a great decision a few weeks ago to start working out with some ladies here, and um, I about died for the first four days. I'm just gonna be honest. I, I thought I was pretty in shape because I walk a lot. Like, I mean, the job I do, I walk all the time. So I didn't realize how out of shape I was till day number two when I could barely stand up. And uh, it was so bad. But I was thinking about how our muscle process works and how, how, we, how we build muscle, right? Um, there's actually a tearing down process before you can build it back up. When you tear it down, more fibers go to that muscle and make it stronger. And um, how much more do we need to pick up the word of God, right? I mean, it, it doesn't do me any good if I walk in the gym and I just look at the weights and say, oh, those weights look awesome. I bet they'd really do me some good, but I'm not gonna pick them up, right? Because I don't wanna be sore, I don't wanna be hurt. But it's the same way with his word. In Proverbs 18:21, the Bible says, there is power of life and death in the tongue. The message translation says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So we've been given so many promises to speak over our life in the word of God. But if we don't know them, we don't know that we can use them, right? We can choose to speak what we see as our reality, or we can choose to speak what God says about our situation. And about the muscles, did you guys know that we have 650 skeletal muscles in our body? Isn't that crazy? Well, the brain is a control center, right? And it's sending off all of these, these signals at all times. Um, but what makes the muscles really grow is the fact that the brain is sending these motor neurons to the muscles. And the more they fire back, the more it builds muscles. And so actually I was studying how power lifters actually build their muscle faster and they're stronger than even a lot of bodybuilders because they've trained their body so well to send those signals. And the more their muscles contract, the faster their muscles grow and the stronger they get. So that strength that we get from God's word is what transforms our heart. And it makes us give right decisions. It helps us on the path when we need to determine, do we go this way? Do we go that way? It's what we need to lead us further down the road, the path of godliness. Number four, scripture prepares us. So notice that the verse says first, you will be empowered through instruction and correction 
giving you strength, then you will be God's servant. We have to go through instruction and correction first, right? To gain strength. Then we will become God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Proverbs 19.21 says, a person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. So I am a huge planner. Do we have any planners in the house? Any of you guys get excited about calendars at the beginning of the year? You go get this whole new little calendar. Me too. I love it. Um, It lasts for a little while. And then my life just gets so busy that I'm like, who needs a calendar? Somebody will tell me where I'm going at what time. So um, it's all on my phone now. Anyhow, um, I think it's so easy for us, especially people like us who love to plan, to say, this is what I, this is my five-year plan. This is my 10-year plan. This is my 15-year plan, which is important. I am not discounting that at all. If you don't have, without a plan, people perish, right? So we have to have plans, but we also have to understand that God can move outside of our plans. There are things that are going to impact our life that we can't see right now that he sees. Two years down the road, I may be walking through something that I have no idea what I'm walking into, but he has gone before me. He already knows what's ahead of me. So while we have to plan, we also have to be very open to his, to his changes, right? And I love this. I was actually... Um, looking at surfers, not looking at them. (laughs) Let me clarify, I'm married. (laughs) Not looking at them, Uh, looking at how they do things. Because it's very interesting, am I red? It's very interesting, sorry, husband. Um, Very interesting that surfers actually do everything they can do to prepare. They get up early, they wax their boards, They sit at the edge of the ocean. I mean, they do everything they can, but they have no control over the wind and waves. They spend hours and hours and hours practicing and practicing and practicing on the small waves so that when that big wave rolls in, they're able to ride it and ride it and ride it. And so that's how we have to be, you guys. We have to be able to understand that we may be standing at this door thinking, this is the door God wants me to walk through. Like there's no doubt in my mind and we have a, we have a keychain with keys. If I just work harder, that key doesn't work. If I just make more money, that key doesn't work. If I just meet the right person, that key doesn't work. We, we've, we've gotten ourselves to a place where We're trying to open this door that God never even had intentions of us walking through because he sees something on the other side that we can't see. So we have to learn to trust in him. And the only way we trust in him and have our faith grow to a point where we can hear his voice and we know his voice. And when he says, this is not the door you walk on, is through reading his word that builds our faith. It builds our trust in him. You know, I think that sometimes um, we find ourselves making plans, and they're great plans. They are godly plans. Like, it's all about ministry, or it's all about loving family, or loving your spouse. Those are all incredible, incredible plans. But sometimes we wear ourselves out, right? 
Sometimes we wear ourselves out saying, if I just do this, if I just do that, I, I'm going to get there. If I just meet the right connection, it's going to happen. And we waste so much time trying to find the thing that's going to open the door that we miss out on other opportunities that God is bringing to us. I think it's time for us to rest. I think it's time for us to stop pushing, stop trying to make things happen, right? We need to rest in knowing that He has already established the plans for our life. He has the roadmap for our life, and all we have to do is ask Him, you know? It's, it's no mystery. It's no secret. He is willing to share with us. Yes, you can take this opportunity. No, there's a better one down the road. He will tell us if we ask. All we are called to do is to prepare for the purposes he is unfolding in our lives. And like I said earlier, that doesn't mean it's just one destination. We get to discover his purposes all along that journey. No pressure at all. There's no pressure. Just preparing. Just doing what I can today to make sure that I love Jesus more than I loved him yesterday. Doing today, making sure that I'm reading my word and I know more of the word today than I knew yesterday. Every day I should be, I should be becoming more like Jesus than I did the day before. That's our only job, you guys. Doesn't that take the pressure off? I mean, honestly, that should make us feel so good because we get to just read his word. We get to pray. We get to partner with him through faith in order to see our purposes fulfilled. And I can guarantee you this, that the door that he has just waiting for you, you know, just the door that you're standing at that you think has all the answers, it holds the key to everything you need right now in this season of your life, the door that he wants you to walk toward is going to be such a greater blessing than the one that you think you want. So can we close our eyes this morning and just pray? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you are here today. God, we're so grateful that God following you is not mysterious. There's no secret that you're keeping from us that we have to find on our own, God. It's not a scavenger hunt, Lord. It's, it's just a matter of reading your word, applying it to our life, growing to be more like you, loving people like you, walking in faith, God, and Lord, I just thank you that today, Father, every person that is sitting here, God, whatever it is that this season of life is holding for them, that they, they feel like the answer, they're looking for an answer, God. I thank you that, Lord, you are just telling us to rest. Just rest and take it easy because all we have to do is really just trust in you and know that, God, you have gone before us. You have already made a way where there seems to be no way because nothing is impossible for you and nothing is impossible for us with you. So God, we thank you that you are here, Jesus. We just ask that you seal this word in our heart, God, and bring it to our mind this week as we start stressing out about something that, Lord, we, we've really been pursuing this job or we've really been pursuing um, this relationship or we've been pursuing this or that or the other thing, God. Help us remember to just rest in you, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.